The hope is that through virtual field trips, it's not only um, timely that you can save time. You don't have to get in the bus, drive to the location, get off the bus. It can also save schools money. Welcome to Al Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers podcast. We are your agricultural education resource across the web, sharing research-based tips and tackling the tough questions facing agriculture teachers every day. The Owl Pellets crew is Kate Shoulders, Marshall Baker, Mike Ritalik, and Brian Myers. All right, Lauren Stolman, Annie Speck, and Emily Buck, welcome to Owl Pellets. Thanks. Thank you. Well, we really, we really appreciate this dream team being here with us. Man, I am, I am excited, nervous, and I'm sure there's another adjective in there that I can't think of that I also am right now to have you guys with us. You know, I am gonna I am gonna point out that Brian just practiced Lauren's last name like six <laughs> times before we pressed record to make sure that he did it right. That's how nervous he is. Did I, did I, did I screw it up? Did I get it right? You nailed it. Yes. <laughs> because there have been many times when I practice that many times, and then when it comes time to do it, I say it wrong, and I I, I don't even notice it when I do it. So. Kate didn't say a word before the record button was hit. And then all of a sudden the record button is yeah. hit and she's going to throw Brian under the bus. I love oh, it. Oh yeah. I'm going to call him out immediately. <laughs> and you know how many times friends. I had to deal with him saying Louisville. <laughs> <laughs> Thank so, God convention. <laughs> let's, let's, let's move this on. This is a professional setting, right? So while we're here, Lauren, Annie, and Emily, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves and, and then wrap that up. Uh, Lauren, you can then tell us, kind of give us a summary of what we're going to be talking about. So, okay. uh, so my name is Lauren Stolman. I am a former Ohio State grad student where I completed my research there with Dr. Specht and Dr. Buck. I am now a Forage Extension educator at um, Nebraska Extension for the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. And I'm Annie Specht. Uh, I'm an assistant professor of agricultural communication at Ohio State. And I served on Lauren's thesis committee, which was how I got involved in this really interesting research about virtual field trips. Hi, I'm Emily Buck. I'm a professor of agricultural communication at The Ohio State University. Um, I served with Lauren as her advisor um, and she was so passionate about this topic and so excited for it. So we were happy to get some neat stuff from it. And man, it is a super timely topic. So you've obviously been working on your thesis way longer than the four months that we've been in quarantine and working all virtually. <laughs> Wow, did you luck into a jackpot of a thesis topic, virtual field trips in a time of quarantine. I must have some kind of like I can see the future or something because <laughs> I couldn't have picked a better topic. You are right. <laughs> so but, tell us about it. Yeah, um, so virtual field trips was something that I um, got interested in my undergrad. And this research, the virtual field trip seeing is believing was main component was looking at agricultural literacy and how commodity organizations were utilizing virtual field trips to increase agricultural literacy of youth in um, Ohio. So looking at the different programs, the differences and impacts. 
So when you're talking industry, this would be like, because I can't actually go into a dairy operation, I might see a virtual field trip of a dairy operation? Correct. That would be to, the hope is that through virtual field trips, it's not only um, timely that you can save time. You don't have to get in the bus, drive to the location, get off the bus. It can also save schools money because getting that bus, getting a driver and everything can also cost money. So that was the big part of the research that we saw um, that originally why virtual field trips happened. And now we have COVID. So that's another reason why virtual field trips are great. <laughs> Absolutely. We actually, um, I know that for our students, we were using quite a few of those industry-based virtual field trips. So did you all create some or did you know of some that were already available? What, what did you do? We looked at the different commodity organizations in Ohio originally. So Ohio soybean, um, dairy, um, pork, and then we also did USFRA, the United States Farmers and Ranchers Alliance, because we had done some research and saw that they were taking advantage and using some component of virtual field trips. They were all a little bit different though. It was kind of interesting because Lauren, one of Lauren's uh, first parts of her research was actually talking to my mom, who's a, an organization director for Ohio Farm Bureau. And a couple of her Farm Bureau counties had banded together and started their own program that then sort of morphed into the Ohio Pork Producers um, virtual field trip program after their connection, um, one of their connections actually moved to pork producers and ended up kind of taking and expanding what they had started doing on a county level. So I got, uh, I got Lauren connected to my mom and they had a really good conversation. And I think uh, that kind of led her to some of the other commodity groups that were doing work in this area. Yeah, I almost completely forgot. I had the pleasure of talking to your mom for like an hour and a half. So thank you for bringing that up. And it was the best conversation. <laughs> How cool when you're, you know, like your personal life bleeds over into your professional life. It is kind of strange how often it happens. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. So at the end of the day, what'd you find out? Were, you know, were people, did they enjoy these virtual field trips? I mean, do you have to actually smell the cattle manure to be able to learn from a dairy or can you pump that smell in through your computer or something to, to get the learning done? I like that. Pump that in the <laughs> computer. Someone's outside your window, like wafting stuff in. <laughs> in the old days, we called that scratch and sniff. Yeah. yeah. That's what they should add to their resources that they send is little scratch and sniffs. Stickers. That's genius. <laughs> Oh my gosh. We just put that out for the world to know. There <laughs> um, so in what we found through this, a part of the research was interviewing teachers while sending out surveys um, to teachers to see, get their feedback, see kind of what they thought of it. And overwhelmingly, it was all positive thoughts that they said that their students, you could tell that they were really into the virtual field trip. They loved that they could um, some of the different commodity organizations allowed for interaction. So actually having a student come up to the camera and say, Farmer Joe, why do pigs smell? And that was actually one of the questions. If you go and look back at Ohio pork, that was one of the questions the kids asked. Um, so they appreciated the interaction with the farmers and being able to see it live. Um, overwhelmingly, it was very, very positive from teachers that sent in their surveys. Tell us a little bit about what those virtual uh, field trips look like. How were they organized and uh, what did teachers do um, regarding those? 
For example, Ohio Pork, what they do is they bring on people who are either on their board or other farmers across the state that they think would be great people for um, advocating for the industry. And they would train them. Some of the organizations did and some did not. Train them kind of how to talk with youth if they hadn't had that opportunity prior to. Maybe giving them some talking points because some organizations sent out to teachers, what do your kids wanna know? What do you want the farmers to touch on? Something like that. And teachers would then, these organizations would say, here's what we're doing. We're doing this awesome stuff and either send it out to their stakeholders, put it on their website, Teachers would find it, sign up for it, and they could sign up for time slots and dates and um, join in on either a Zoom. Dairy was using Facebook Live. USFRA had 360 video on YouTube, so they could go watch that on their own time. And um, whether it was interactive, that they would have the classroom all sitting in one and they could have multiple classrooms involved at the same time. So they could have up to 300 students at a time from five different schools so that they're still reaching that target audience at a larger scale too. Um, and they would talk about their operation and then have youth um, come up and ask questions, whatever they may be, whether it's if their pigs smell or what pigs eat or um, what sounds they make or something like that. So that's kind of the general um, overview. When I, when I tried this as an ag teacher or we had field trips when I was teaching, they didn't always work out the way we had planned or envisioned or all those kind of things. And, you know, your research kind of found that uh, overwhelmingly they were positive and, and beneficial. So what's the secret sauce? What can you share with ag teachers that really helped make those really uh, effective and valuable? Well, and just, just, just for example, though, when Mike was giving field trips, you know, they, you know, they, the wheel hadn't been invented yet. So it was really hard to get the students to the location. Very so difficult. That, that was hard. So that, but once the wheel was invented, all was great. Is he even older than you? I don't even think he is. <laughs> <laughs> I fear so. Yeah. So what I would say is the secret sauce to it. A lot of what we found was that teachers appreciated the interaction between the farmer and the students, that students then felt a little bit more connected to the topic and to the farmers, that they could relate and they could do it with their classmates, with their peers in the room as well. We also found that supplemental resources is a game changer, that either having it before or after is beneficial. If it's before, especially, they have that interaction prior and they can come to the virtual field trip with informed questions that they can ask. And then obviously having that follow-up is a good um, reinforcement of the knowledge that is gained in that field trip. You know, Lauren, I'm glad that you brought up that point because um, there's research on, on field trips in general, not just virtual ones, but actually I don't think what I've read hasn't include, included virtual field trips, but it's been more just face-to-face -face field trips where You've got reflection, but preflection is actually just as, if not more so important than the reflection so that students are entering that field trip experience, kind of knowing what they're doing already and, and what they're supposed to be gaining out of it and how they can do so. So I'm glad you brought up that point of that kind of, what do you do ahead of time to preflect before actually engaging in that experience? Exactly. Especially if they're coming into a field trip where they've had no other interaction with, in this case, farms 
for the agricultural industry that they have that brief knowledge that they're not jumping in and just kind of jaw dropped at what's happening. They have some kind of knowledge about it prior to. So, so based on y'all's experience with that, what, what are some things that you would, would coach ag teachers to do if they were going to include a virtual field trip or two into their curriculum, whether or not we're in, you know, teaching face-to-face -face again in the, you know, in this coming year, or if we have to do it virtually again, what are some things that, that they need to do both before, during, and after a virtual field trip? I would just say that supplemental research or supplemental research, the resources such as doing activities or having them watch videos is really beneficial. As we said, helps start that conversation, um, making sure that they can connect the dots between everyday life and what they're interacting with, how that farmer, what they're doing impacts them, what they're doing, the food on the table, the clothes that they wear, the fuel in their cars, that connecting that makes it that much more influential for them. Um, starting young is also beneficial from what we read, because as we all know, youth are more um, influenced when they're younger. So elementary um, teachers in this example with the research that we've done would be beneficial. Um, Dr. Speck, Dr. Buck, do you have anything to add? I think one thing that was really interesting <clears throat> was we added the USFRA in their 360 videos. Um, and I guess some background on why we even had them. We, we originally wanted to have national organizations, not just the state. Um, I think pork, national pork is working on them or national corn. Somebody is working on getting them now. And so I, with them doing 360 and being on YouTube, I would say to teachers, could you um, combine more than one? Since you aren't having to take them somewhere, can, can you do more than one of those looking at different commodities? Could they go do the 360 tour of the pig farm and then, you know, as pre-work and then go visit with the farmer um, and then do after work, after you know, reflection work. So is there a way to tie different ones together, which would be beneficial? Yeah, where they can really compare and contrast mm -hmm. different farms and practices and, and things that they're dealing with. That would be awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think we're getting into more research about trying to fill, you know, career opportunities and jobs in agriculture. And so I think especially ag teachers have an opportunity to introduce their students to not just types of production, but maybe different type, other types of employment opportunities in the industry. So can you take them to, you know, uh, an office space and have them talk to people about what they do? Can you take them into a production facility and have them talk about what they do? I think what this really does is open up um, a lot of different, you know, spaces that we maybe can't get into in large groups, especially now, but, you know, giving, giving those, you know, high school students, middle school students an opportunity to learn more about other employment opportunities, whether it's on the farm or off the farm. Awesome. Um, so I, I have a question that I'm, I'm just real curious about, and Mike, you kind of alluded to this. So when I was in, I think the fifth grade, I went to a farm field trip. It was like one of those old school farms where it's like a home, like a farmstead. And they were shearing sheep and they had flipped one over and were shearing underneath this, this ewe. And as they did, 
I remember as a fifth grader watching and this giant balloon came out from her underside and popped and water went everywhere. And they were like, well, she's going to have a baby. Let's scoot along. Let's move along here, kids. And obviously it was like etched into my memory. So when you have a recorded asynchronous field trip, you can cut out the stuff that you like that happened that you don't really want kids to see. But in the synchronous setting, you don't have that opportunity. So was there any place in there where thing, was there any relation to that? Did you see anything where, or did the students see anything or the teachers are saying, oh gosh, I wish they hadn't shown that part on there or, you know, did they have to work around that at all? Was that at all a factor? When I interviewed Ohio Pork, he was very proud of the fact that during one of their virtual field trips, a sow was giving birth and that they got to explain it to the students that they were like, they came upon this and it just kind of happened. So they went with it and it was helpful that that farmer was probably prepared, kind of knew maybe what was might going to happen and how to talk on it. So, and there are some like Ohio pork, they were live, but USFRA was reported. So like you said, you can kind of edit, pick apart the pieces that you do want them to see. And then you might not think that they're ready to see. Um, but I think there's also a benefit to doing it live because it is raw. It is exactly how it is. You get the farm exactly how it is when it's the farm and you don't miss out on anything. So I think there's pros and cons to both of that. Yeah. I think with the nature of livestock um, and farms, there's probably has to be on the commodity organizer side, a knowing that they have to warn teachers that anything could happen at any time on a farm. I, however, am very concerned that they were shearing that you right before lambing, but that's just a sheep farmer in me. Concerned. Our resident <laughs> sheep expert is a little upset by that. Um, and, and I'll just chime in to add that I think that that's also where training for those hosts and moderators comes in. If you are doing a live presentation of any kind, it's probably a good idea to make sure that the producer or the farmer that you're talking to is prepared and knows how knows the language to use if those sorts of events happen so that they're not just, you know, saying words that they might typically use around the farm in front of a class of third graders. For example. So, yeah, that was kind of one of my... <laughs> Yeah, that was kind of one of my um, my questions was that that preparation of the of the farmer who is not used to having a group of third graders run around. And so what things are around your farm that you might need to, um, you know, things happen or you have things laid out or, you know, do you need to clean up the the stack of beer cans that you have in the corner before you take a group of kids through? So. I, I'd be curious about the prep work involved for some of the farmers and how teachers can, you know, kind of help that along and be ready for it. Well, number one, they picked up all those cans alongside the road. They weren't theirs. They was those dang high school kids that dropped them off. Exactly. Them the they're, they're helping recycle. So that's, that's the thing there. They could talk about how they're working to save the environment. Mm -hmm. Sure. <laughs> The other thing I, I was thinking about with, with from a from a putting this into plan piece, but it, it do, and it does throw a little more logistics into it. But with a virtual field trip, this would have a chance to say say we wanted to look at a, a hog operation in Ohio. You could have an Ohio ag classroom as well as a Florida ag classroom on at the same time, 
that would then allow for conversation to happen from from one from one piece to the other kind of a thing. So I know that what kind of beyond what you're thinking about, but just from your all experience and things, what are what do you see some of the potentials there for some some interaction to happen about the the field trip, but outside of that with other students talking with each other? You know, Brent, I think you bring up a huge thing that would be great for these ag teachers to think about is introducing their students to different forms of agriculture. Um, I remember I lived in Florida for a few years, but was an Ohio kid and, and seeing a different form of agriculture all of a sudden was sort of a culture shock. Um, so by bringing in, um, you know, maybe they, none of your commodities in your state do that, but find a state that does and call in um, because, because you can and you can show them a different, maybe um, the, the Florida kids can call into the Ohio pork farm, but they Ohio kids should be calling into a strawberry operation to see how they're doing things. Um, so I think using your teacher connections through FFA and, and um, different things to make those connections would be huge in terms of learning opportunity. I know they do, a lot of teachers um, do those commodity boxes, you know, that where they'll send uh, another state's FFA chapter commodity box. This would be a great way to kind of up the quality of that kind of experience, especially if you involved your, your ag communication students in the production of these, that, that would be cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so one last question to kind of wrap this thing up to help with the, the teachers, because I'm sure we, they're all sold and want to do this. What's the best way for a teacher to go and find good quality virtual field trips? Um, and you know, some of us, number one, just finding one, and number two, how do I tell whether it's a good one or a bad one or not? I would trust the commodity organizations that they have people that they have hired to create production like that, create educational tools. Um, our hope through this also is that maybe university or extension folks can play a role in these virtual field trips by commodity organizations. So also looking into extension and university opportunities with that as well. Those would probably be very trustworthy, I would assume, I would like to hope would be trustworthy. Um, and then just doing some investigating. A lot of them have them archived on their website or on their YouTube channel. So watching it prior to signing up to say, maybe this is something that I think my kids would like, and maybe this is something eh, I'm not so sure for this time around. So just kind of doing, doing research about it. I would say, oh, go ahead, Emily. I was gonna say, I would also go to the Farm Bureau um, American Farm Bureau in the past has had some of these things, but I know some of the states do them, like Annie said, her mom um, has done them. And Farm Bureau is really good about making sure that the farmers they work with are trained and trained well before they put them out in situations like that, just like the commodity groups. So I would trust, you know, talking to your local Farm Bureau representative and having them help. Well, this has been fantastic stuff. And I know, you know, we're, whatever situation we're going to be teaching when this podcast drops, but, you know, I, I think virtual field trips are here to stay, whether or not we're having to teach remotely or as, as Emily and we were talking about there before, just being able to learn what happens agriculture in other parts of, of the country would be so important to do this. And Lauren, as I, as I say too many times, I know I repeat myself, but sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. And with this, you were definitely both. You were lucky on this topic, but you are outstanding. You did great work. 
um, with here, and you, you've got some great uh, leadership with you there at The Ohio State University. Um, uh, and I really congratulate you on your work and sharing that with all of us. Uh, I know the ag teachers out there found it to be very helpful. Hopefully with this, we're going to be sharing a lot of resources ab about this particular study, but we'll also hopefully be, be linking to some quality virtual field trips. And um, from all of us, we're going to challenge an ag teacher to set up this case where you're able to, to do a virtual field trip with another ag program somewhere else in uh in the country as well to learn this so thank you all very much really appreciate you spending time with us today here on our pellets this has been fun thanks so much yeah thanks for the chance thank you for having us thanks guys we hope you've enjoyed this episode of our pellets please visit our website for more information on this topic and to learn more about all of our guests socialize with us by following our pellets on facebook twitter and instagram and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can join the conversation by adding your thoughts in the comments and sharing the podcast with others. So for Kate, Marshall, and Mike, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellet saying thank you and we'll look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers.